Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First, our 945 traditional worship service, and to also those online joining us this morning. If you are worshiping with us online, we invite you to find a candle in your home and light it as a sign of all of us worshiping together this morning. It is the third Sunday of Lent, and so we will continue our series on the Lord's Prayer as we reflect upon our Lenten journey today. I invite you to join me now in our call to worship. Seek the Lord God while he may be found. Call upon God who is near. And return to the Lord our God. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. We come seeking new paths to follow. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than ours. We come as pilgrims on the journey, praising God along the way. We worship God with thankful hearts. I invite you to stand as we sing together our opening Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we ask your presence to come among us upon us this morning as we worship together. Bring us together through word, through song, and fellowship. And may we leave this place with renewed hearts ready to go forth and serve you in all that we say and do and through our thoughts and actions. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be my, thy name. Make my kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive those our debtors. And not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and glory, and power, and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. good morning. My name is Jill Moffitt. I am 39 years old, and I am a straight white female. I have two parents, two parents who are physicians, OBGYN, which made my childhood very interesting. <sighs> I have a college degree. I have a master's degree. I have a car. I have a roof over my head. I have money to buy groceries for myself and my son, and I like to go out to eat with my friends for lunch. And guess what? I am privileged. I am so privileged. How about you? Amen. How about you? And I even have money left over to take my child to the Children's Museum or the zoo. Now, I have to confess that it took me a while to recognize my own privilege. Maybe because I was sheltered, or I simply did not take the time to really look around me and realize how privileged I was. I didn't have many friends in high school who would be considered low income. And it wasn't until I started to go on mission trips when I was in the youth ministry at St. Luke's United Methodist Church as a staff member did I realize my privilege. We would go into these places where people didn't even have running water and we would help build a ramp for them or help them with their home. And I thought, wow, why me, right? Why me when so many others are struggling to even get their own basic needs met? This really hit home for me when I was part of the Wabash Pastoral Leadership Program with my clergy colleagues. We traveled to Tijuana, Mexico and San Diego to study life on the border. And those there who, whose lives were difficult, they were either trying to get from here to there and their lives were not as we could ever imagine. One of these days in Tijuana, we spent at a landfill where people lived. People built their homes out of, out of cardboard boxes and trash. And kids played ball with empty water bottles and yogurt cartons. Literally, one person's trash was another person's treasure. Yet, we found life there. We found resurrection in the midst of what felt like death to us. We found people who invited us into their homes for tea and cookies we heard stories about people who made beautiful things out of the trash in order to sell. We heard stories of love and family, and we found thankfulness and also, of course, profound need. We even met a woman who took in some of the younger women who were selling their own bodies on the streets for income, and she taught them how to do hair and nails. So now there is even a salon nearby where women can come to feel beautiful, have their self-worth restored, and also gives jobs to these young women who did not have a successful life before. This was really an eye-opening moment for me in realizing that so often we forget our own place in the world, and we forget about those who live lives very differently than we do. So consider this, what if the world was broken down into 100 people? 
Well, let's take a look and find out. So although we in the United States are only a small percentage of the world's population, we possess 59% of the world's wealth. Worse, the richest 1% own half of the world's wealth. And if we have food to eat, clothes to wear, and a roof over our heads, we are already richer than 75% of the world. And of course, hot water, indoor plumbing, cars, TV, cell phones, the internet, those are all extreme luxuries in the world where over 500 million people are starving. So what does it mean for us then today to pray, give us this day our daily bread as part of the Lord's Prayer when we have so much? Well, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread in a world where people was people were starving. People had a hard time even coming to their own basic needs. In that time and place, this was a challenge. So in using these words, Jesus was making the first priority of the kingdom of God clear. Basic human needs must be met. So when we, the church, fail to feed God's children, we fail. When we misuse our resources, we betray the kingdom of God. In Matthew 25, Jesus describes the actions of someone who models 
this kingdom. He says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Jesus makes the priorities of the kingdom very clear. We are to feed the hungry, provide clean water for the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit those in prison. These should be the priorities of the church and its followers of Christ. After the resurrection of Jesus, he and Peter share an intimate moment by the Sea of Galilee. If you ever travel to the Holy Land, you will see this very statue right on the sea. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And in this conversation, conversation, Jesus gives Peter a chance to reverse the three times that Peter was denied by him as he asked, Do you love me? Three times he asked this. Each time Peter responds, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. And Jesus responds, then feed my sheep, tend my sheep, and again, feed my sheep. Jesus didn't ask Peter about his beliefs. Jesus wasn't quizzing Peter about proper interpretation of scripture or doctrine or how Peter was going to make the church budget work. (laughs) No, Jesus was telling Peter the first priority of the church. If you love me, Jesus says, Feed my sheep. Take care of them. Love them as I do. So we must begin to see this part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread as a call to feed his sheep. We must understand it first and foremost as a call to generosity. We must begin to pray it as if we are making a commitment to meeting the basic needs of each and every person, starting right here in our own community. When we say us, give us today our daily bread, it must mean all, all of us. We must understand what Jesus was teaching Peter when he asked him three times, do you love me? Because we cannot proclaim the love of God if we refuse to feed his lambs. Our theological beliefs or teachings are meaningless if we don't take care of others. The buildings and budgets of our institutions are an abomination if we are not feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ. There is a reason why so much of the biblical narrative focuses on meals and fasting and yet feasting and sharing a table. So much about food and what we do with our bodies and comparing even the kingdom of God to a feast where all are coming to the great banquet of God. My dear friend and author, Rachel Held Evans, who passed away a few years ago, she once wrote that Christians believe the fulfillment of God's dreams for the world is marked by a feast where no one is hungry and all who gather are companions. The table teaches us that faith isn't about being right or good or in agreement. Faith is about feeding and being fed. And the church is God saying, I'm throwing a banquet And all the mismatched, messed up people are invited. Here, here, have some wine. Amen. 
Friends, there are so many people out there who are in need of being fed, both physically and spiritually. And perhaps you find yourself today in need of being fed in one way or the other. Or perhaps you find yourself reflecting upon your own privilege and wondering how you can do more to feed the lambs of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, there is room for you at the table. And we also take a moment to lift up the miraculous ministry we have at Tito Organic Farm, who this past year donated over 20,000 servings of food to those who are hungry in Hamilton County. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if we are to continue to provide for those who are hungry, we have this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, as a prayer for us to continue on with ministries such as this. I had a brilliant seminary professor who always said that Jesus loved meals so much that he became one. Think about that for a moment. If this is the case, then we are to be a part of inviting all to the table who are in need and to be willing to feed them. In order to do this, we may be required to give something up, to abandon our desire to have more, to confess our own sin of greed that has contributed to the world's poverty and hunger. It will require sacrifice. If you love me, Jesus says, feed my lambs. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are to take this command seriously. Because wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone had enough to eat, clean water to drink, a roof over their head, and adequate health care? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we realized that this does not require God's supernatural intervention? It only requires a miracle that is you and me. It requires us to take these words of our beloved Lord's prayer seriously as a commitment, a prayer of generosity to feed others and to welcome them to the table of the Lord. For many around the world, as they pray this prayer, it is a cry of desperation. But for many of us here, it is a vow of generosity, a prayer of equality, and a call to see that all may have enough. May it be so. Let us pray. Holy God, we sit here this morning and we recognize how much, in fact, we do have. And we have so much in abundance that sometimes we forget to look around and see those who do not. And we pray the Lord's Prayer every week, and when we do, perhaps it has become routine. But we ask that during this Lenten season, Holy God, that you would open our hearts to new messages that we will receive from our beloved Lord's Prayer. That in today, when we do pray, give us this day our daily bread, may we see it as a call of generosity and of giving, that all may have enough and will gather around your table. Lord, challenge us, call us beyond our comfort zones, help us recognize what we do have so that we may be a part of building your kingdom as you would see it. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take a moment and check out our stewardship video today with Pam Kaplinger.
Hello, this is Pam here at Noblesville First United Methodist Church, and it's spring, and you know, it's that time of year again. Remember when God told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply? Well, that's the kind of multiplication help that we need here at Noblesville First United Methodist Church. Come join our hospitality team. We will need help the spring and the summer months for Teeter Farms, and we'll need extra help in April for all of our Easter services. We also have four services here at United Methodist Church that you can serve coffee and greet guests and serve donuts. Also, we need ushers for the Monday Thursday service and for our Good Friday service. Please contact me here at pkaplinger at noblesvillefirst.com. Well, I got a hop. I'll see you later. Thank you. Pam is up front this morning. I don't see your bunny ears today. Hopefully we'll see them again soon, right? Thank you. I invite you to pull out your yellow connection card and make sure you take note of your attendance this morning. And also on the back, you will find plenty of opportunities to get connected here at Noblesville First, to serve, to join in groups, whatever you feel called to as you look at that. And you'll place it in the offering plate here in just a moment. I want to make sure you know about some exciting things happening at our church Starting with this afternoon at 2 o'clock, our confirmation class will be confirmed right here in the sanctuary. All are welcome to attend. We've been meeting together since January. We had a great retreat on Friday night, and they're really excited about their confirmation. There will be a reception to follow, and it will be live streamed, but we hope to see you this afternoon here at 2. And then we are collecting snacks for the White River Elementary Snack Drive. They have reached out to us, and they need after-school and weekend snacks. They have 50 students on their snack pack list, so they, they distribute 250 individual snacks each week. So check out their list on noblesofirst.com snacks. And we are in the season of Lent, and so to that end, we hope that you will pick up a book, Adam Hamilton's The Most Important Prayer of All, especially if you have uh, youth in your family, children, grandchildren, or anyone in your life that feels that they would like to have this very cool book um, to read to them. I've read, read to my son several times already. The first Friday luncheons are back on April the 1st. The price is $13. You can sign up on our website or outside to the right as you leave today. We need those reservations by March 28th. And, of course, visit our website for next steps to register, to give online, or to request prayer. And if you are visiting for the first time today, please Make sure to see Pam Kaplinger without her ears, of course. She will give you a visitor bag and make sure to welcome you officially to our congregation. And as we are about to have our time of offering, I invite us to pray together as we ask the Lord's blessing upon what we will give. Holy God, we simply ask that you would send out your spirit upon these gifts that we will give today. Just like we talked about in our message this morning that we are in prayer for generosity in the ways that we will open our hearts to give. So bless whatever gifts we give today, whether it's our presence here, whether it's prayers for our church and community, whether it's our financial gifts, our witness, or the ways that we use our hands and our feet. Bless them, multiply them, may they show the love and grace of Jesus Christ to all. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. 